0: amen and amen and amen just want to thank those that are here for the first time thank you for coming to visit with us and i hope you you like us enough to come back again Um, a lot is going on i just want to quickly announce that next this week friday the 10th i want to meet with all the pastors the 12 that teach on wednesday night um and also the board members we need to meet and uh, plan for next year there's a lot that god has put on our heart and we want to share it with you guys and make sure that we are doing exactly what god wants us to do Amen? amen and then quickly in prayer this week i believe god gave me a word for us for 2022 um yes 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 it was you know we've been very very concerned about this in this church about soul winning we have been very deliberate in making sure we have a harvest and god said this coming year because we've been so concerned about souls and harvesting in the kingdom there's also going to be a lot of harvest in our own personal lives amen and so that was so in fact when i was exercising and i got that word i was so excited i i came down from the treadmill just went on my knees because i just saw so much god just blessing us so much in every area that you can think of so what god said we should do each person five i want you to write down five things five desires five aspirations that you want the lord to do for you in 2022 beginning next sunday we're going to have a box here and i want you to start bringing them here just five things that you want god to do for you and also talk to your friends your children your neighbors your co-workers have them you don't have to write your name just have those five things bring them and throughout the time we are fasting and throughout the year 2022 we're going to have it on the altar here and we'll be praying over them And as God answers those prayers, God brings them to pass, we're going to have you come here for five minutes before I preach to give a testimony of what God is doing. Because I believe a lot is going to happen and God is going to bless us so much in 2022. Amen? How many of you are ready for the good things God is about to do? Amen, amen, amen. Isaiah 50, verse 4. And please stand up with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go. One, two. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learn that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ears to hear his word. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. You may be seated. Father God, I just want to thank you for your word. Father, you are speaking. You are speaking and you always speak. Father, help us to be still enough to hear your voice. Help us to be still enough to know you and to get directions from you on how to live our lives on a daily basis. To you we give praise, to you we give all the honor. Teach us by your spirit today. Let every word that comes out of my mouth be. What the Holy Spirit would want me to say. Hide me behind the cross, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week we started on a topic I, I, I titled Be Still and Know That I Am God. And I talked about the fact that God is always speaking, God has never stopped speaking. And if you are a believer, a Christian, you don't hear God, you don't hear his voice, you don't know how he speaks to you. That relationship between you and him is kind of distant. It's not because of him. God always speaks. And if you are his child, the Bible says, my sheep hears my voice. And they follow me. We are in a season, we are in a world where there is so much noise, there is so much going on, there is so much turmoil, there is so much chaos, that as believers, if we are not careful, we will just live our Christian life not hearing what God is saying to us. Not doing what God wants us to do, because of all that is going on around us. And I read in Psalm 46 from verses 1 to 10, and I'll read it again today. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its uh, swelling, there is a river. This chaos we see, this turmoil we see, was natural. It came on suddenly. The mountains didn't ask to be shaped. The seas didn't ask to be made to roar. It came on them and that's what they had to do. There was turmoil, there was chaos. Isn't that just like us in our lives? You're happy one day, then you go to the mail. Everything is fine until you go to the doctor's office. And you get a diagnosis that changes your whole life. This is natural. There are times things happen to us, my sisters and brothers. It's not because you've done something wrong. It's not because you've sinned. It's not because of what your parents or your grandparents did. That's just been part of life. Things happen. The rain falls on the righteous. The rain falls on the unrighteous. And so, when things happen that is natural, and you realize God allowed this to happen, God let this pass through His hands for me, for something in my life, for it to change me somehow, to make me a better person, to push me closer to my purpose. When you realize that, then you have to go and say, God, there is a river. And you go, you have to find the river. Because the river is still, the river is deep. The river is not noisy. The river runs quietly. So for you to find that river that the Bible says is there in the midst of her, the Bible says there is a holy place of tabernacle of the most high God, verse 5. God is in the midst of her. And what does it say? says you shall not be moved. Everything going on, even if it's natural, even if it's God allowed, is trying to move you from where your purpose is. Amen. Learn to live by trying to hear all the time what is God saying. What is God saying? Have spiritual ears and have spiritual eyes. Don't just be an ordinary person. Don't be an ordinary Christian. There is so much more than what you can see with your natural eyes. So much more than what you can hear with your natural ears. So God says there is a river. And that river is in your midst. It's inside of you. But you have to refuse to be moved. You have to refuse to move. You keep standing even when it's hard to stand. Because you know God has a purpose. And then it goes from a natural turmoil to verse 6. It says the nations are raging. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He says, come, behold the works of the Lord who has made the desolations in the earth. He makes the walls to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. He's telling you, even if you see all the chaos in the world, all the chaos in the nation, all the chaos, the, the coronavirus, the different strains, the fear, the anxiety, in all of that. Verse 10 says, What? Is it possible to be still? Yes. Or do you get so wrapped up and so involved in it that you don't even see the opportunities God is placing right in front of you? You've become part of the chaos. You've become part of the trouble. Christian against Christian, brother against brother, in the same church, over a mask, over a vaccine. Meanwhile, people are dying and go to hell, going to hell. And this time is the time of the greatest harvest. Because the end is near. That's why I said we have to have eyes that see. And we have to have ears and hear. And the only way you can do that is when you learn to be still. When you learn to be still and don't be moved. We are so easily moved and shifted. Now we see that. There's a natural one, chaos and turmoil. Then there's one that comes from the nations, the government, the devil. But what about the one that we bring on ourselves? Many a time, believers just on their own decide to do things, not deliberately, but that's that's how the enemy gets us never to grow in faith. Never to be still enough to know. The Bible says, be still and know. You cannot know if you're not still. And the more you know God, the more you hear Him. And the more still you are, the more of Him you know. So do you not see why the enemy wants us not, not to be ever still? That's why He makes us so busy. We don't have time to spend with him, to be still, to sit at his voice. Jesus told Martha, Martha, he said, Martha, Martha, you are troubled about many, many, many things. But one thing is needful. Sitting down on his feet, being still to hear him, to know him, to get directions from him, and to move so that what God has called you to do in life is what you do. The days are moving by quickly, year in, year out, day in, day out, month in, month out. How was our Christian life last year compared to this year? And what are your plans to do, what are your things you're planning to do for God next year? You cannot, you cannot achieve it if you don't learn how to be still before God. So one of the, 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 the things, I wrote some things down. The first one last week, I went over them, and I'll go over them quickly again. The first one is greed. Greed. Just never having, not, nothing is ever enough. You want more and more and more and more and more. You put the goalpost here, you get there, the goalpost has moved. You take a credit card, you max it out, and then you get another one and you max it out. So your whole life is just spent on how much, how money, 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 money. How, how can I get money to pay this off, to pay that off, or to buy this, to buy this, to buy the biggest thing, to buy the newest one. To... Yeah. When, is it, when is it enough? Think about it. What do we really need for it to be enough? That's, everybody has to answer that question for themselves. What do you need that is enough for you to now say, okay, I have enough to give to God to meet my needs so that I can be quiet and listen to him. The enemy wants us busy, 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 greed. 1 Timothy 6, 6-7 six says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing, listen to that, nothing into this world, And it is certain, we carry what? Nothing out. So you get all that money, and then you have, hopefully you have good children and know how to spend it. If not, you walk and walk and walk and walk and walk and walk, and then you go. The day you are buried, nothing. You don't take a thing with you. Meanwhile, the things for God that you did is what people will talk about that leaves a legacy. Greed. The next thing is guilt. This is having sins in your life as a believer. You have sins that you confess, then you go back to it. You confess, you go back to it. You confess, you go back to it. You have secret sins. Nobody who sins will never have their soul just constantly being turmoil. You cannot be still if you live in sin. You cannot be. James 4a says, draw near to me and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You see that? You won't be able to draw near to God, your own self. You you can't do it. So secret sins that just put that guilt constantly on you. Then the next thing was condemnation. This is where most of us find ourselves. You did something wrong. You've confessed it. And God has forgiven you. But you have not forgiven yourself. And so you keep going back and digging that thing up, digging it up, digging it up, and just putting it on yourself. And you feel just condemned all the time. And it just becomes that turmoil, that chaos in your spirit, man, that drives you away from God. Because you cannot be still enough to hear Him. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And in 1 John 3.21, it says, Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. So condemnation. The next thing was malice and ill will these are the people that you are in church but somebody hurt you in church b then you come to church c you were hurt in church a that's why you went to church b and then church b somebody did something to you they may not even have known or whatever you go to church c and you're just like hopping from church to church to church everything you write on, on social media is how people hurt you how christians are horrible You've just become someone that just, there's so much malice and anger. Realizing, forgetting that people are just, human beings are human beings. Just like you have offended somebody else. Maybe, if somebody offended you, let it go. Because once a root of bitterness takes place, you cannot, know, you cannot be still before God. You cannot know Him. Because the Bible says the root of bitterness is just... Where is everything? It just springs forth and just destroys everything around you. Hebrews twelve fifteen says, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defied. Ill will just consumed with who did you wrong and who did you evil and wanting to get back, happy when something wrong, hap- bad happens to them. There are believers like that. They rejoice when something evil or something bad happens to another Christian. You can't be still. God can't, you can't know God like that. Then we talked about controversy and confrontation. They're just people who love to argue. They just love to make a big mountain out of a molehill they just like controversy, whipping it off, and, and you're wondering, is this, that little issue has become like this? It's because of the turmoil in them also. Because of that, they cannot be still to know God. We're talking about what we need to be careful about. Things that we can easily as believers get wrapped up in that prevents us from really just sitting down at his feet and just being quiet so that we can hear him because he's speaking and... This time more than ever, we need to be able to hear him clearly. So clearly because so much is going on. Think of the number of people that COVID took this year. Last year. Think of how many of those never knew God, never heard about Jesus. Think about it. And we are talking about more strains and more whatever coming out. Think about what we as Christians, what difference we can make. But you have to hear Him for you to know what He wants you to do. What He wants you to do is not what He wants me to do. I'm, I prepared a message. There was a day I was reading my scriptures, and my son told you, they got me this, this uh, phone, iPhone, uh, for my birthday, and good luck got me a, a, a phone. No, the iWatch, sorry, for my birthday, the children... And good Lord got me a phone. So they were pairing them together. And I was sitting on the bed there, and Tojo was pairing them together. And I just read a scripture, not probably I still had the Bible open, and it says, prepared unto good works. And it hit me like a like just like a like a storm, just hit me. Do you know there are works that God prepared for you? And then there are works that He prepared prepared you with? There are things that only you, God, when he created you from the foundation of, the Bible says he knew us even before the world was founded, from the foundation of the earth. God knew you and I called you by name. Even before your great, great, great grandparents thought about getting together. God said, I called you. And these were the works I wanted to do and I paired you with those works. Amen. You are free so do you know what we are doing the works that i'm supposed to do they are here that god has paired me with guess but guess where i am i'm back here trying to pair myself with angela's works and god is saying Uh-uh-uh. yours is over there that is what i have prepared for you to do that's what i paired you with and until you pair with what i've made you to do you will be miserable How many of you have found what God has paired us with? It's in stillness and in being quiet. That's where we would know. See, these are the end days. These are things. These are messages that, you know, by God's help, I'm not going to come here and, and make it sweet. Because we've got to grow up. I'm growing up. And if God is growing me up, we are all going to grow up. I told him, I I didn't want this. You told me to do this. If I'm going to do it, then you have to teach me how to do this. And as he's teaching me and as he's giving me the words, whether it's hard or not, I will give it that way because he's dealt with me already. And we're all going to grow. We're all going to grow. fast paced lifestyle. We are too busy for God. Even if you're doing something for God, I'm telling all the pastors here now, including me, if you're too busy for God, working for him, you're too busy. If you're too busy doing his work and you don't have time to sit with him, to get more instructions, to get more directions, you are just too busy. And I don't want that in this place. Your time with God must be first and do Because if, if you don't get from him, you are empty. You can't help anybody. You can't even help yourself. Talk more of somebody else. So if you are a leader in this church, I expect you to pray. I expect you to be in your Bible. I expect you to have a fasting lifestyle. Put food aside for some time and pray and ask God, What do you want me to do for my life and for the As Fellowship? What have you paid me with? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out from the mouth of God. Expectations. We've put so much expectations on ourselves. Someone put on Facebook one time, she was so proud to put her calendar on Facebook, and it was just from 7 a.m. to this, from this to this, from that to that, from that to that, from that. And there was no place there for God. It was all about all her activities, all her children's activities, back and forth, from morning till night, and night till morning, all. And I'm like, and you're, proud to, you're a believer, you're proud to put this on Facebook, for the whole world to see that all you live for is for yourself? Amen. There's no place there where it says quiet time, ten minutes, No. The good news is we can change it. The good news is God can help us. Let's look at Jesus. Let's look at what he did. All the, you, you, you see all the miracles Jesus did? If you read the Gospels, you see, I mean, that man was doing some, miracle, some miracles. But do you ever feel or read that Jesus felt like he was rushed? No. He was always like, calm. He was collected. He didn't live a fast-paced life. You could tell that this was a man. Remember, he was all man. He was all man. He took on the, the form of a man just like us. He was not regimented. He had calm. He was poised. He was balanced yet he achieved everything God wanted him to do. Let's look at some of the things Jesus did. We can maybe get some examples from him on how to kind of start to live our lives to get stillness and quietness into our lives. Let's see Mark one thirty-five. He says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. You see that? He woke up early. He departed. He went out to a quiet place. Luke six twelve. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out again. He went out of the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Mark six thirty-one. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to the disciples, come aside. Leave all that noise behind. Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. And then Mark 6, 46. I'm just giving you an example so you can see the lifestyle of Jesus. Mark 6, 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Do you see some key words here? Solitary place. Deserted place, mountain, took time, went out. It was a very deliberate act on Jesus' part to make sure himself and his disciples took time away from the busyness of their schedule, of all they were doing. They took time away to go to a quiet place where there was no noise, solitary place where nobody else was, so they could get themselves together, pray, and hear from God. If Jesus could do that, are we too busy? Are we as busy as he was? That was the secret of all that he did. He knew when to go seek God. He knew when to get away from it all. And that's still our own greatest step. That's the first step you must take. You must have your quiet times with with the Lord. If you can get up 15 minutes before everybody else in the morning at home, get up 15 minutes before everybody else where there's no noise, where there's no, no TV, your phones are off, and just listen. And just stay, just stay still. just quiet. If it's at night, before, after everybody's gone to bed, that's when you, it works for you, the same thing. Start with about 15 minutes. Just stay quiet. Turn the TV off. Turn the phone off. Turn your cell phone off. Just turn it off. Even if it's just a one scripture you take from your devotion that day, just one scripture and just think about that scripture. And you'll be surprised what God will start to do if you keep that up. It's, they say take six weeks to form a habit. Start, start that tomorrow or today. And in six weeks, 15 minutes, you'll be surprised in six weeks. It's gone to 30 minutes and it's an hour, sometimes two hours. But you will have to be deliberate about it. You will have to make that time. You will have to tell yourself, you know what? Just as I have this, 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 this on my schedule, I'm going to feed in this, this time for God. And you do it. Amen? And then another thing we see in Jesus was because of that discipline he had of going away to quiet places to pray and to seek God and to, and to hear directions from God, Jesus was always so in tune to what I call God moments, divine appointments. And I'll give you some examples, you, you know. In, in Mark 5 from verses 21 to 24, 34, they had called J- Jairus's daughter was sick and they came to him. And he was going on his way. Somebody touched him. I mean, as I'm walking there, if you touch, I may not even feel it. But he was so in tune with his Lord, with, his, with, with God, that when that woman touched the hem of his garment, he stopped everything for just someone touching him. And this was a crowd pressing in on him, but he was sensitive enough to feel the touch. On the hem of his garment. He stopped everything. And this was a woman for 12 years had had issues. How many people with issues has God been wanting you to touch? Or have come in your presence around you. But you were too busy about something else. You didn't feel them touching the hem of your garment. For you to minister to them. So that their issues they've been carrying for 12 years. God can use you. What did Jesus say? He says, greater works than these. We would do. Do that not what he said? So if he did it, we can do more than that. But if we're in a hurry, always rushing here and there. Not still, not, not having time to spend with the Lord. Will you feel somebody pulling, a, pulling on your spiritual hem? So you can take your time. Even though you were headed somewhere, it's very important. Something you have to do. God already sent you here, but God says, slow down enough to listen. In John chapter 4, the Bible says in John 4, 4, that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through. Why did he need to go through? God had already planned. Remember what I said, pre-planned, prepared. God knew he wanted him. And Jesus was sensitive enough in his spirit to go through Samaria. Why? Because there was a prostitute that was going to touch the whole city that Jesus needed to first of all go minister to, reconcile her to God, take the shame from her life because she was all over the place with men, heal her heart, heal her soul, then set her free. She's the one that went. To the village or to the town to tell everybody, come see the prophet who told me everything about me. And when they came at Jesus, they told her, we now know for ourselves. We now know for ourselves. Because he knew he needed to go through Samaria. He knew he needed to go through Samaria. Mark chapter 10 from verse 46 to 52. Blind Bartimaeus. I'm just giving you examples in the Bible. So this is what Jesus did. And we're supposed to be the hands and feet of him now. He was in a crowd. The the Bible says the crowd were pressing on him. But he heard the still small voice and cry of blood by Son of David, have mercy on me. In that crowd. I mean, when he fed the 5,000 people, who knows how many were there with him on this particular day. The noise and the clamor and all of that. In the midst of that, Jesus had that river. (laughs) There was that river in the midst of him. He was still in the midst of that noise to hear a blind man crying out, Jesus, that son of David, have mercy on me. And he stopped everything and said, go, call him. And he healed him and gave him sight. How many blind Bartimaeuses have we come across and we're too busy, too much going on that we can't hear someone who is spiritually blind and needs to be, to, to be healed, to be, to be made to see? And the, the, the one that really got me was in Mark 4. You all know about the story. He had been ministering on this side of the Jordan. And all of a sudden, he told the disciples in the evening, he says, get in the boat. We are going to the other side. Sometimes he does some things that you will not let us read the scriptures to see why he did that. You're wondering, he just finished ministering. It was in the evening, and he says, get on the boat, and let's go to the other side. And when they were going, this storm arose. That was so fierce. But guess what? her master was sleeping on the pillow no matter the storm it was he knew what he was doing he knew where god wanted him to go he was asleep and when they woke him up he just told them oh you of little faith it's like you really don't know what you have the deep river you have on the inside of you he calmed the seas and they went all the way to the other side and i'm wondering what what is what were they going to do on the other side merely he got on the other side the bible says when he had come out of the boat mark uh, chapter 5 verse 2 and when he had come out of the boat immediately so this man was waiting those works had already been prepared for Jesus to do. That man was already prepared from eternity time, from, from time, from, from, from the time he was born. God had known, God knew that it was only Jesus that could come and heal him. He said immediately there met Jesus out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him not even with chains only jesus could do it only jesus could save him only jesus could come and set him free no other person could do it because verse 4 he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces neither could anyone tame him and always day and night he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out. Crying out for help. Who is crying out for you to hear him today? Crying out for help and cutting himself with stones. Miserable. When he saw Jesus, like finally, he ran and he worshipped him. And though, although he had legion of, legion of six demons, although he had... Six demons, six thousand demons in him. He still recognized this is where my salvation is. This is where my salvation finally has come. And you know the story. Jesus told those legions, the six thousand demons, to to leave him, and, and they went into the swine, and the swine went into over over the sea, and they all got drowned. But I want you to see something that shook me when I saw this, when I read this thing. Verse eighteen. Teresa, go to verse eighteen. And when Jesus got in the boat, he healed this man, did all that, and he was like, let's go on the boat and go to the other. That's all he came to do. He didn't come there for anything else. He just went, took care of business, told his disciples, let's get back on the other side. Listen to that. When he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. Listen to this. Listen to this. Verse 20. Very, very important. Don't miss it. And he departed and began to proclaim where? Where? Decapolis. Houston is what? Metropolis, one. Decapolis is what? Ten. This man went and started proclaiming in ten cities. In ten cities. The man who was bound in the tomb, in the grave, in chains. Nobody could hold him. Nobody could help him. That had been crying and cutting himself. Demon possessed. This man had anointing to minister in ten cities. Had that anointing on inside of him when the demons tied him all up and said, you will never go anywhere. This is all you are going to amount to. In the graves, in the tombs, this man went and proclaimed in the capolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Who is the evangelist waiting on you? Who is the pastor waiting on you to speak? But we are too busy. We are too busy with our lives. It's all about me, 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 me. A man with an anointing for ten cities. Houston is one metropolis. Ten of Houston. One man. See what the enemy wanted to reduce him to. We can do better. We can do better. This is the challenge for me and for you. Be more in tune with what God is telling you, those random thoughts speak to that woman in line. It's not random. That random thought, pray with that person at your job who's been sick. It's not random. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. When you're dri- driving in your car, it says, turn off everything. I want to spend some time. I want to give you instructions. Turn it off. Wake up earlier in the morning, 15 minutes to start with. Or if it's late at night, you say, okay, put a timer on it. 15 minutes. Okay, Lord, it's just me and you. When the timer, if nothing happens, nothing happens. But let it become your habit. We are called Christians because we follow the ways of Christ. We cannot have a Christless Christianity. You can't be a Christian without following Christ. We have to be different. We have to be different. For us to make a change, for us to touch lives, we have to be different. Make Him a priority. You are more useful to yourself and others as a Christian if you make God your priority. Make Him a priority. Life is short. Nothing, Believe me, there's nothing in this. You know. There's nothing. All that counts at the end of the day is what you did for Him. That's all that counts. Develop an inner strength in you. Because when you learn to be still before God, that's what He does for you. He helps you to develop an inner, quiet inner strength. You learn to now talk less and listen more. Don't be too quick to talk. When people are talking to you, listen to what they are saying because in between their words there might be something much deeper that God is trying to get you to. There might be a hurt that the words they are saying may not convey to you. But if you are a quiet person and you learn to read in between what they are saying, you can hear their heart. And you can zero in. So you must not be too flippant. You must not talk too much. You must not respond to every insult. Don't do that. Don't resp- respond to everybody that does something evil or wrong to you. Be quick to forgive. In First Peter 3, I believe, 4, it says, Lord covers a multitude of sins choose to cover people choose to make excuses for people it allows your spirit to stay still it allows your heart to be calm before the lord when you don't have too much too much of that hurt and and this person did this this person said that inside of you avoid unnecessary arguments and confrontations if they want to argue let them argue that's not you Take your time. You can spend that five minutes praying some worship music that takes you to the throne of the Lord. Don't get into all of that. And love people. Just love people. Don't put expectation on them. Don't love them because of what they can do for you. Don't put any, just, just love people because that's what Jesus said. He said, by this they shall know you are my disciples. Amen. If you have love one for another, just love them. Just love people. Even the most difficult ones. Find something good. Give them a hug. How are you today? And mean it. Mean it. Not just how. You know what? I know when somebody says, how are you? And somebody says, how are you? If you're not going to want to really know how they're doing, especially now, don't ask me how I am if you don't want to know. Because how are you might really just bring it down, you know? So I'm beginning to learn that now God... I just don't want to ask how are you just because everybody says how are you. Because if you, says how, if you say how are you, please be willing to see, really know how they are doing. And then be more content with what you have. Be content with now, here, today. You are here. You are alive. God has taken care of you now. Be thankful for that. Leave tomorrow in his hands. If he brought you this far, the Bible says he will take you all the way, right? And then lastly, think more of heaven. If you think more of heaven these days, I think a lot about heaven because my love is there. Think more of heaven. See this right here? If this is eternity, our life here on earth, can you even see that right here? That is it here. All of this is eternity. So don't be too concerned about this little, little thing here that you forsake all of eternity. Life here really is just a stop. Stop sign. Just stop. Look here, look there, and you keep going. That's what life is. If you spend too much time on the stop sign, what happens? (laughs) You get in an accident, right? Our whole life here is just a stop sign. We live in this world, but we are not of this world. Heaven is our home, and that's where we want to go. That's where we want to hear God say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So think more of heaven. Think more of all you want to bring before him. The souls you want to bring before him. The things you want to do when you get there, You can, he can say, yeah, that's my daughter. Yeah, that's my son. Well done. Everything here really doesn't matter. And I'm going to end again the way I ended last week because I think it's really it's impacted me when you told me how... To do that. I think I still want to do it again today. If you were not here last week, he says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. I am whatever you need me to be. Be still and know that I. Whatever God has put in me is good enough. Whatever he has blessed me with is good enough. I know who I am in Christ. I know my identity in him. It says, be still and know that. Then be still and know. Then be still. And finally, just be... Just be. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to do anything else. Just who you are. He made you that way. So just be. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I know God is speaking to all of us, me included. I know we can always do better. As the year ends, every one of us should start thinking. Even as you write those five things that God wants to do for you. I also want you to, in your mind, start writing things down on the paper. What you want to do for the Lord. Because God is expecting so much from us in these end days. He needs us to sit at His feet. He needs us to listen to Him. He needs us to know him better. He needs us to hear him because he's always speaking. And there are people needing us Christians to be the hands and feet of Jesus. If you're here today, you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to do that. Because you cannot even begin... To know him, even if you are still, you won't hear him because you've not made him your Lord and Master. So if you're here today, all you need to do is just say, Jesus, I ask you into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Help me to be still to hear your voice. To follow you all the days of my life. That's all you need to say. And once you said that, you are now a member of his family. You're nigh, child of God. And for all of us here today, make a commitment in your heart. Whatever area, we all have our own different areas. If you're too busy for God, you're too busy. Find time for the Lord. Find time to be still before Him. Find time to pray. Find, Find the time to read the Bible and just... Stay quiet in his presence. Let him speak to you. Father God, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you because we know that you are bringing these things out so that we can change, so that we can do better for you, so that we can do all the things you've created us to do, so that we can be better disciples of yours, Lord. Father, help us. We need the help of the Holy Spirit, every one of us. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. You said it is not by power, it is not by might, it is by your Spirit. So Lord, today we just give ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We surrender ourselves, we surrender our thoughts, our minds, our busy lives. We surrender it to the Holy Spirit. We know as we do that, He will direct us on what things to do and what to make priority in our lives. Father, as we live here today, we are not living your presence. You are always with us. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. We thank you that we are all going to have a wonderful, wonderful week in your presence, to the glory of your name. And the people of God said, amen Amen and amen and amen. You'll have a wonderful week. God bless you all.